Lots uh, to do here on a Friday, including uh, going over what happened. Very important uh, piece of news in the courtroom yesterday. Michael Valvey getting a sentence, 25 years to life, behind bars. Uh, the sentencing for the death of his son, uh, Thomas, the 8-year-old. Here to discuss Ray Perini, Perini Herger, one of the great firms. Here on Long Island, nice enough to give us a couple of minutes. Sir, how are you on a Friday? I am good, Jay, and, uh, you know, it's it's good to be back, but it, this is a very troubling case. You and I, since the start of it all, Ray, uh, we deciphered this thing, the horrific incidents uh, that took place. Um, you know, I thought, and I was telling the Sarge this in the crime report prior, I thought one of the more important elements that came out yesterday was a recognition by Bill Condon, the justice in the case, who stated in a very emotional way that this can never, ever happen again. It can never happen again. And we got to figure out why this happened. You know? I mean, that to me is one of the biggest things because when you look at the timeline of events, the common denominator in a lot of this stuff wasn't that of Michael Valva, or for that matter, the ex-fiancé, who, by the way, we'll discuss as well. But it was really CPS notified numerous occasions, ex-wife Justina, so many times, deaf ears. I don't want to hear about caseloads and everything else. Complete dropping of the ball here. And that has to be looked at, and I know they've looked at it, and they're trying to revamp it, but my goodness, how did this happen in the first place, right? You know what? That look. I, I think the criminal justice system, after the murder, did everything right, and it worked because twenty-five years to life is the appropriate sentence. And I think Judge Condon did everything right because it's such an emotional time when you sentence the man and he's standing in front of you crying and saying he loved my children. I wanted them to grow up to be good people. I mean, you want to get off. You want to get off the bench and smack him for crying out loud. But everyone focused on their job of getting through the trial. Now you're right. Now it's time to figure out how did this happen? How did all those teachers' phone calls get go ignored? How did his natural mom's, you know, pleading with them get get not get treated? So I mean, I think right now, I think now it's time for the criminal justice system with the grand jury. The DA has to look at this and really figure out how it happened and make sure it doesn't happen again. It's, it's, it's shocking that we let this happen in our county in Suffolk. There's no question. And, you know, even the, the prior individuals who are overseeing uh, the, the cries for help here, especially from the ex-wife, uh, you know, we, just so much that, that went... Unrecognized. I mean, how do you go to somebody's home as many times as supposedly what CPS did and not recognize the fact that there was abuse going on here? How do you act? And I understand teachers, they make phone calls, but, you know, sometimes you got to take it upon yourself. If it's not right, you see a kid and they're hungry and they look thin, emaciated, they come bruised, filthy clothing, dirty sneakers, urine stains, whatnot. How, how do you not take it upon yourself to do a little bit more? 
not just placing a phone call, passing the baton, so to speak, but somehow, you know, the, and again, I, I blame a lot of this on the teachers, too. These teachers should have somehow taken these kids and not let them out of their sight. I mean, you see something, you do something. And that wasn't done within the walls of that educational institution. There is so much to blame here. I know it's after the fact, but, man, I'll tell you, we we got to do a better job as a society here, really. You know, with, with the teachers, I, I, they're going to live with this the rest of their lives, and they tried. But you know what they didn't realize? You have a DA's office with a family crime bureau. When CPS doesn't do it, give law enforcement a chance. Make the phone calls. I, that's what I don't understand. Maybe they didn't know they could do that. Um, you know, but I mean, that's what has to happen, and that's what people have to learn. If CPS doesn't work, we do have a family crime bureau that's very effective that would get involved that hopefully could have stopped this. But it, but we have to shake this out. We got to find out what the heck happened. This is just. It, it, it's you know it's it's shameful that this happened in Suffolk County. Uh, no doubt about it. Ray Perini with us, deciphering the sentencing. Michael Valva, twenty five years uh, to life behind bars. Ray, what's the process here? I'm sure uh, defense will put through an appeal here. How does that work? You know, I uh, they're going to have to file an appeal because it's twenty five years to life, and it's just pro forma. You do it, but I think I think Judge Condon did a very, you know, he had, it was a good, clean trial. He didn't go overboard. He didn't lose his temper at sentencing. He was thoughtful, reasoned, explained why he gave it. And if anybody deserves 25 to life, after the way they abused, he abused these children, not once, not twice, but over the course of years, deserves it. So he didn't let emotions get in the way of why he's doing this. He made it on the facts and reason, and so did uh, the, the, the prosecutor. Stick to the facts, do your job, and that's what happened here. And this sentence is not going. This sentence is solid, and the case was solid. I mean, we covered it from gavel to gavel. I don't see any real appellate issues, but they will have to file. It's just uh, it's almost like to protect yourself as a defense attorney. Ray Perini with us. Uh, I tell you, you, read some of the excerpts from how the some of the jurors felt. Uh, you know, the jurors that uh, one particular individual had twins. You know, it's just tough. Yeah, you can't even decipher this thing properly. How does a human being do that to uh, to children? It's it's unbelievable. So let's fast forward a little bit into February because we got part two coming up with Angela Polina, and I would imagine. If you're on that Polina team right now, uh, you're saying to yourself, wow, uh, you know, what do we do here? You know, uh, listen, I don't think there's any escape. I think just desserts, same medicine, uh, whatever correlation of words you want to use, uh, they are in play. But right now, I don't see any way out for Polina getting anything other than what Valva got. You know what? I, I absolutely agree. I think. The, the, the second jury is going to see everything the first jury saw. They're going to see the course of conduct, the meanness, the wickedness, the indifference to, to these two boys' lives. And she's going to be portrayed as the, you know, the wicked stepmother, which she was. 
and she'll get the same sentence. I'd be. I, I don't. I don't know if I would how I would defend that woman if I was the defense attorney. You're going to try and blame everything on uh, Valva. That's just not going to work. There's some. There's real shared guilt here, and they just didn't care about these two boys. You know they're gonna they're gonna put the blame on Valva. You know I mean that's really yeah. the only way out if you're defending this witch. Uh, what else can you possibly do? I mean, listen, you know all, all of the testimony involved though. I don't. It's gonna be tough. You know she she wore the pants in that house. She directed Valva to do things or else. You know Valva was down on his luck financially and everything else. Had no place to go. Uh, what do you do? You got to listen to this witch. And that's what he had to do. But she gave orders. She was the, you know, the director, so to speak. You know what? You're too soft on him. Throw him in the basement. Throw him in the garage. Don't let him eat. Don't let him go to the bathroom. You know, come on. You know what? what? They, they were his boys. How does it, How does this woman control him like this? He's a city cop. He's been around. He's seen this stuff. He's worked the streets. That that's not even an excuse. That's ridiculous. I I, I thought those comments and trying to blame her was was never going to work. And I don't see how she has a way out either. Uh, this is uh this is going to be a quick and a focused trial, just like this was. And um, I'm sure that Judge Massey is going to give her 25 to life at the end of the day. And they deserve it. I've never seen two people deserve it more than the system. As a defense attorney, I say they. A while. How's that? I mean, that was my next thing to you. You've been on, Ray, you've been doing this 50 years. Okay? I mean, on the scale, where does this thing rank as far as everything? You've seen it all. <laughs> I know that. I mean, where does this rank in your estimation? When you, when you have two people over the course of years you know, repeatedly committing these horrible acts against the little boys who they should be loving and nurturing. I think, uh, I think Condon said it nice at sentencing. They, these boys should be getting excited for Santa Claus to come for Christmas. And they're dead because of not one bad act. Not, I lost my temper and, and, and just flipped out and I'm so sorry. But a course of conduct that was, you know, that was just horrible. And you know, and, and even at sentencing, he's in tears, crying, how much he loved them. Those words are empty. Where the hell was he raising these kids? Where was he when his wife, his wife, his girlfriend wanted him to throw him down the steps or keep let him sleep in the garage? That tells you what kind of person he is and what kind of person she is. And they deserve it. I mean, the guy who uh, I've never seen two people who I thought deserved twenty five years for life more than these two because of what they did over a period of time. No question. Ray, what about CPS? You know, we've already seen, you know, a couple little tweaks here, revamping and whatnot. I, listen, I think you got to tear the whole damn thing down and rebuild, honestly. I think whoever is left in that department has to go, has to go, because you need a new voice, a new leader, uh, I tell you, there's so many flaws in this thing. This, to me, sets a precedent for a teardown. I don't know what happens, but something of that nature should be in play here. You know, the grand jury has the right to do an investigation and come out with a grand jury report. 
And I think that's what has to happen here because we need an independent. I don't want the ledge to do it. I want I want <clears throat> grand jurors to listen to what happened here. And and you know, with the help of the DA, come up with a with a with a report on who should go, who should stay. Maybe even there's criminal liability. And that that should be the next function of the criminal justice system to really take a hard look at this. You got subpoena power. You, you come in with your subpoenas, you bring them before that grand jury, have them waive immunity if they want, or if you're not going to be able to indict them for a crime, force them to testify. And let's get to the bottom of this. Bottom of this, right. Thinking about that kid, you know, hair loss, limp. You know, doctors saying it's from stress. Imagine all the the unrest involved. It, it, I tell you, I... I I'm doing this a long time. You know that. This case, number one, ranking right up there. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. I said, uh, there are times when people get 25 for life on a murder case where it is an aberrant act. It's a, you know, it's it's wrong. They took a life and they have to be punished. This was not an aberrant act. This was not a one-off. These were these were two people who were truly evil. The way they tried to, what they did to these kids. Underline evil. Send them yep. to Russia and bring back Paul Whelan. How's that? How's that? <laughs> Put him in a Russian prison. I don't think Russia wants to bring Whelan home. <laughs> and that would be too light for them. <laughs> hey, listen. You know, you weren't bad after a Christmas party. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But you owe me one for this. So I had to set the alarm for five to get up and read the papers and think about it. <laughs> you know something? You could be great without reading anything. You know? So, <laughs> Sir, uh, uh, if I don't talk to you, happy holidays. You and the family, right? You too, Jay. Yeah. There you go. Rough one. Rough one, folks.